0: Microsoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. Sir Gibby, Episode 15, Donald Grant. Hungry minds come of peasant people as often as of any, and have appeared in Scotland as often. I fancy, as in any nation, not every Scotsman, therefore, who may not himself have known one like Donald, will refuse to believe in such a herd laddie. Besides, there are still those in Scotland, as well as in other nations, to whom the simple and noble, not the commonplace and selfish, is the true type of humanity. Of such as Donald, whether English or Scotch, is the class coming up to preserve the honor and truth, for Britain to be the oil of the lamp of her life, when glory in knowledge or riches shall have passed from her history as the smoke from her chimneys. Cheap as education then was, in Scotland, the parents of Donald Grant had never dreamed of sending a son to college. It was difficult for them to save even the few quarterly shillings that paid the fees of the parish schoolmaster. For Donald, indeed, they would have failed even in this, but for the help of his brothers and sisters afforded. After he left school, however, and got a place heard, herd, he fared better than any of the rest. For at the mains he found a friend and helper, in Fergus stuck his employer's second son, who was then at home from college, which he had now attended two winters, partly that he was delicate in health partly that he was something of a fine gentleman he took no share with his father and elder brother in the work of the farm although he was at the mains from the beginning of april to the end of october he was a human kind of soul notwithstanding and would have been much more of a man if he had thought less of being a gentleman he had taken a liking to donald and having found in him a strong desire after every kind of knowledge, of which he himself had any share, had sought to enliven the tedium of an existence rendered not a little flabby from want of sufficient work, by imparting to him of the treasures he had gathered. They were not great, and he could never have carried far, for he was himself only a respectable student, not a little lacking in perseverance and given to dreaming dreams of which he was himself the hero happily however donal was of another sort and from the first needed but to have the outermost shell of a thing broken for him and that fergus could do by and by donal would break a shell for himself but perhaps the best thing fergus did for him was the lending him books Donal had an altogether unappeasable hunger after every form of literature with which he had as yet made acquaintance. And this hunger Fergus fed with the books of the house, and many besides of such as he purchased or borrowed for his own reading these last chiefly poetry. But Fergus Duff, while he reveled in the writings of certain of the poets of the age, was incapable of finding poetry for himself in the things around him. Donal Grant, on the other hand, while he seized on the poems Fergus lent him with an avidity even greater than his, received from the nature around him influences similar to those which exhaled from the words of the poet. In some sense, then, Donal was original, that is, he received at first hand what Fergus required to have put on him, to quote Celia, in as you like it, as pigeons feed their young, Therefore, fiercely as it would have harrowed the pride of Fergus to be informed of fact, he was in the kingdom of art only as one who ate of what fell from the table, while his father's herd-boy was one of the family. This was as far from Donald's thought, however, as from that of Fergus, the condescension. Therefore of the latter did not impair the gratitude for which the former had such large reason. And Donald looked up to Fergus as to one of the lords of the world, to find himself now in the reversed relation of superior and teacher to the little outcast, whose whole worldly happy might be summed in the statement that he was not absolutely naked, woke in Donald, an altogether new and strange feeling, yet gratitude, had but turned itself round and became tenderness. young sir gibbie after donald left him in the field and while he was ministering first to his beasts and then to himself gibbie lay on the grass as happy as child could well be a loving hand laid on his feet or legs would have found them like ice but where was the matter so long as he never thought of them he could have supped a huge bicker of sowans and eaten a dozen potatoes, but of what mighty consequence is hunger so long as it neither absorbs the thought nor causes faintness. The sun, however, was going down behind a great mountain and its huge shadow made of darkness and haunted with cold, came sliding across the river, and over valley and field, nothing staying its silent wave until it covered Gibby with the blanket of the dark, under which he could not long forget that he was in a body to which cold is unfriendly. At the first breath of the night wind that came after the shadow, he shivered, and starting to his feet, began to trot, increasing his speed until he was scubbed scudding up and down the field like a wild thing of the night, whose time was at hand, waiting until the world should lie open to him. Suddenly he perceived that the daisies, which all day long had been full-facing the sun, had folded their petals together to points, and held them like spearheads tipped with threatening crimson against the onset of the night and her shadows, while within its white cone each folded in the golden heart of its life, until the Render the world once more safe with another glorious day. Gibby gazed and wondered, and while he gazed, slowly, glidingly, back to his mind came the mother of the ballad. And in every daisy he saw her folding her neglected orphans to her bosom, while the darkness and the misery rolled by, defeated he must have had a mother once, he supposed, but he could not remember her, and of course she must have forgotten him. He did not know that about him were folded the everlasting arms of the heavenly Father, presence indeed was with him, and he felt it was drawing nearer and nearer to his knowledge, even in sun and air and night and cloud, in beast and flower and herd boy until at last it would reveal itself to him in him as life himself. The stars came out to Gibbie, the heavenly herd feeding at night, and gathering gold in the blue pastures. He saw them looking up from the grass where he had thrown himself to gaze more closely at the daisies, and the sleep that pressed down his eyelids seemed to descend from the spaces between the stars. But it was too cold that night to sleep in the fields, when he knew where to find warmth Like a fox into his hole, the child would creep into the corner where God had stored sleep for him. Back he went to the barn, gently trotting and wormed himself through the cat-hole. The straw was gone, but he remembered the hay, and, happily, for he was teared. There stood the ladder against the loft. Up he went, nor turned aside to the cheese, but sleep was common property still. He groped his way forward through the dark loft until he found the hay, when at once he burrowed into it like a sandfish into the wet sand. All night, the white horse, a glory vanished in the dark, would be close to him. Behind the thin partition of boards, he could hear his very breath as he slept, and to the music of it, audible sign of companionship, he fell fast asleep and slept until the waking horses woke him. Thank you for listening to another episode of Akersoft's Story Classic.